This week's Major Spoilers podcast goes out to Rodrigo, the glue that keeps Steven and I from killing one another. This one's for you, buddy. Come back soon. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. Good old acquaintance be forgot. You remember when Rudolph rolled the whale with the clock for a body through the archipelago of unwanted toys or something? Yeah. That was awesome. And anyway, the best and worst of what is not the last year of the decade, no matter what all those schmucky websites may tell you, <laughs> we are here, Stephen and I, to tell you what's right, what's not right. You can quote us and then pretend that our opinion matters. The last show of 2009 commences right now. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to the last podcast of 2009. Matthew, did you have a good good holiday? Well, I tell you, I discovered something. What's that? When you when when you have one of them PS3s that's backwards compatible? Yes. Sometimes playing a 15-year-old PlayStation 1 game is awesome. Ah, I see. I busted out Twisted Metal 3 over the holiday break and uh I was destroying London in a low rider. <laughs> okay. So it, was, it was pretty cool. All right. Nelson's column was going down, man. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I boy. I a clown in an ice cream truck and a hippie and a little slug bug. There you go. Sounds like fun times. It was indeed. My daughter had a good Christmas, which is really the parents' measure of whether or not it went well. Exactly. We did not do the... Uh, the parental exchange of gifts this year. It was all lavish the child with as many gifts as possible. Well, that happens in the years and the, the twos and the threes. So now he'll, he, he'll get up. He has yeah. every single car uh, from the Cars movie, or almost every single one. He's got a ton of Legos, wow. very little clothes this year, which was a surprise. Uh, really? You know, when we were kids, we didn't have loud toys. We didn't have we toys. Didn't? Well, I did. I surely didn't as a, as a young tyke have I, things that make noise bowl, louder than louder than than you do whenever you're you're doing the pull of the week. My cousin Travis like had this toy. It was a little electronic robot, and you pop it on the head, and it'd go, and then it would yell, "I am the atomic powered robot. Please give my best wishes to everybody." <laughs> Drove me nuts, oh, and wow. I was ten. Well, I'm I'm saying when and we were two, go, three, and four, we may have had some noisy toys they as we got, got older. But my God, this chuck truck and all this other crap! This kid just has got too many noisy chuck toys. Truck. Apparently, it's one of the hottest well, toys of the season. I wouldn't know because it's you Lego, comic books, or nothing. What's that? Take the batteries what out. What you do is you take <laughs> take the batteries out before you give them to him, yep. and then he'll never know that the toy's supposed to make noise. Exactly. But thanks to mothers and well, my mother, his grandmother, yeah. decided to say, "Oh, look what this toy can do!" <laughs> my God. Last year, Molly got a robot dog. Oh, bet that was a, a damn robot. I'm not talking like one of those little. Ah, ah, ah. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. A full-scale robot dog called Biscuit, 
with fur. So basically it's like, it's like someone killed a dog and wrapped it around a robot skeleton. <laughs> and this dog is like, <laughs> sitting up and, oh my God, worst toy ever. Well, we hope that you all had a great holiday. And, and by all, we mean everyone listening. Yes, all of you. Except for you. Except for you. And you, you, know you, and you know who you are. This okay. is a show all about the best and worst of 2009. And, and really, after the holiday and after eating all that food, Matthew and I are really lazy this week because we're leaving it up to you guys to kind of help us out this week. So a lot now, of the I show is going to be user-generated. What's that? Yeah. I wanted to digress just a moment. I keep hearing people talking about the end of the decade. Right. And I'm going to be that guy. Okay, what so, let's, so let's go back to year one. We're going to go back to year one. There was a change somewhere along the line, and, and you know, and it became year one. And the Chinese said, hey, D, who's he? But the point remains that at one point it was year one, right? Yes. There was no year zero. There's year one. Right. So the end of that first decade was year 10. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Which, which means that the end of the millennium was the year 2000. Right. Which means that the end of this decade will be December 31st, 2000. 10. Right. Not 2009. Right. This is not the end of the decade. This is 90% of the decade. And if 90% is your IR, as mine is this week, shout out, big ups to Team Ramrod, then that's good. But if 90% of your decade is over, then you're just a, a, a schmuck. Well, notice, and Matthew, that this show I is want, just the best and worst of 2009. Not the best of the decade. Next year, we'll do the best of the decade. We'll do the best we, of the decade, and, and the, the Major decade. Spoilers Next website will take a look at the best of the decade. Yeah, we'll do all of that. Yeah. We'll but rock it. But right now, we want to talk about, oh, you know what? Here's a great holiday gift. I forgot. Yeah. We should have mentioned this a moment ago. Um, Chris Flick, he posts over in the Major Spoilers forums occasionally and puts up some of his funny ha-ha humor, everything from scrolls to comic book-related stuff. He's actually got a... Um, a webcomic series that he runs called Capes and Babes. I think we've mentioned it on the site a couple of times, may have mentioned well, it in the yeah. in the show. Uh, for the holiday, he sent us the first 200 Capes and Babes comic strips in a collected form. So that came in the mail right. actually two weeks ago. I forgot to mention it last week. So I'm making it up big time uh, right now. If you like yeah, comic book and nerdy it. and geeky humor... Uh, this is certainly a, a series to check out. This is really nice. Chris actually goes above and beyond what people usually do for these collected volumes. First of all, he wrote a nice little uh, note in here. It says, Major Spoilers, guys. Just wanted to send this book to you as a way of saying thanks for being such a great supporter of the strip. Hope you guys enjoy the book. Sincerely, Chris Flick, capesandbabes.com. Then, in the uh, inside cover, he's got a sketch page, and I guess he does this for everybody. But he's got a sketch page that he does. Of course, nobody's watching this live, so I might as well not hold this up to the camera. Because Matthew's already seen it, so <laughs> I can see it. So it's I'll got an original. Again, I'll look at it. It's got an original sketch in there, which is cool. Of course, all the strips from uh, Capes and Babes. There's some stuff from uh, CMX and from his, I think, college newspaper strip, five twenty five Calhoun Street. Bunch of sketches and commissions. So that's really cool. And then most of you may have seen this up on the Major Spoilers website this past week as part of our art appreciation moment. He also sketches on the outside of the envelope that he mails it to you. And so you get like two pieces of original art and no real reason to throw away the uh, the envelope. Now, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. So capesandbabes.com. 
Go check it out. Chris Flick, wonderful job. Thank you for this, Chris. And uh, let's now, hope that it, we send is some... Is it hand-lettered? Yes, everything's hand-lettered. Look at that. Because, you know, back in the day, they wouldn't let you write the word flick in a comic book. Because some of the letters, yeah. you know, it would kind of roll together, and the L and the I would look like a U. Yeah, no. This uh, this is flick. I'm guessing that he hand-letters it. Maybe he doesn't, but... Uh, yeah, maybe he just uses a particular font, but... No, yeah. that's the joke on the front cover. You can't print flick. Oh, there you go. I guess my eyes yeah, are a little bit better this week. The same reason you can't have a character named Clint. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, normally and during Clint this show... Flicker is right out. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. So hey, we've wasted we've it. wasted a good good couple of minutes on the show. Let's talk about some of the news. Or and we like to call it being on the show. Yes. Attention, Mr. Miss America, and all the ships that say it's time for the news. And instead of doing instead of doing news of just this past week, because let's be frank, there's not a lot of news this week because of the holiday. Uh, we well, decided to take a look. What's that? Shut up, you. You can be frank. I'll be earnest. If Shut you up, you. All right. <laughs> Matthew, what has yeah, been your what has been the biggest story for 2009 for you? Uh, well, aside from your ever changing hairstyle or yes. lack of hairstyle, it's high, it's low, it's high, it's a high top fade, and then it's gone, and then it's kind of this weird all around Brian Michael Bendis thing. And it's, yeah. for me, it had to be um, two similar stories that were that were kind of approached the same way, but were essentially different the return of steve rogers and bear allen ah okay because there's been a lot of talk and you know back in the day 15 odd years ago um valiant actually used the phrase dead means dead right barry allen was always you know the 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 poster boy barry allen and bucky were the guys who meant that dead means dead and people won't come back and, of course, when Steve Rogers died a couple of years ago, it was relatively obvious that the whole point of this story is we're going to kill Steve for a while, bring him back. Mm-hmm. We're going to show what the world is like without him. And then he's going to come back and go, hey, turns out I was only mostly dead. <laughs> that was obvious. So you had a guy who'd been dead for decades and a guy who'd been dead for about a year and a half. And both of the stories, you know, both of the returns were handled very similarly. And the the books were very similar. And... Even, you know, the fact that they were both solicited as a five-issue series and then expanded <laughs> in media res to <laughs> six issues. You know, to me, I, for me, the biggest news is, really, my friend Sarah always says, the only person in comics who has to remain dead would be Thomas and Martha Wayne. But mm-hmm. having two big resurrections in the same year and having them both be, you know, blonde guys with cowls and funny little wings on the side. Yeah. You know, there are parallels that most people don't think about. But in either case, I would say that those are probably the biggest specific comic-related moments for me in this year. Cool. By the way, every yes. time you move your mouth, it goes bong. No, that was something else. Okay. And Is besides, that that'll, be, besides that'll be edited out, so nobody will be able to hear it. That would be called so a me. scratch track there, Matthew. Three, two, one. So anyway, Steve Rogers... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, I just leave it in. That's wonderful, Matthew. Uh, People for, love it when we're topical. So for me, I picked the biggest story for 2009 was the surprise announcement that came out one morning uh, from Disney that said, ladies and gentlemen, 
we are buying Marvel. And uh, that, that you know, you're talking about a crack the internet in half kind of story. That was it. Because why all of a sudden would Disney want to buy Marvel, which was hugely successful already to begin with and actually climbing out of its deep debt hole from many years ago? Uh, Iron Man, the Hulk uh, had done incredibly well in the theaters. It was uh, the movie side was doing well. And even why would Marvel, you know, want to sell? And uh, then, you know, they start talking. They start saying, hey, nothing's going to change. We're just making sure that we can continue these properties. And then uh, I think it all closed today, if I remember, today or tomorrow, uh, are the final closing moments of uh, Disney actually buying it out with the stockholders. The interesting thing is I was reading an article today, I think on Hollywood Reporter or Variety, that was talking about Disney really isn't interested in Spider-Man and Iron Man and the Hulk and the Avengers and those kinds of things. They're more interested in the 5,000 other characters that Marvel has created that many people don't know about. And of course, in this article, they're talking about Iron Fist and and uh, Luke Cage, you know, some of these unknown characters that no one has ever heard of that they uh, could yeah. properly develop into a story at some point in the future. Uh, so, and, and this Hank Pym guy that no one's ever heard of. Uh, those are the characters that they're interested in. Um, but yeah, well, definitely Disney buying Marvel is probably the biggest story for 2009. And I think maybe the close runner-up would be uh, Paul Levitt stepping down as uh, the yeah. the big head honcho of of DC and and I forget her name who was the uh, the big showrunner the Bernadette Schmegalecki yes her uh, the one that uh, brought uh, Harry right. Potter over to Warner Brothers uh, taking his place so those are those are the big stories I think for two thousand nine anything else that struck your fancy from two thousand nine. News wise, 2009 was kind of a blur for me. Um, let's see, there was that thing, and then the guy, and then the other thing. Yeah, and then that convention. In terms, in terms of, yeah, that one thing, and there was a blizzard. Yeah, I remember the blizzard. Yeah, monster lizard ravages the west coast. There were a lot of stories this year. It felt like 2009 had a lot more uh, kind of a whoa than 2007 or eight. Yeah, 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 definitely. All right, well, we are going to come back in just a moment, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite series from 2009 and why we like those so much. And then it's all you guys, so stick around. This issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast is brought to you by Past Generation Toys. With action figures from DC and Marvel, there's bound to be an action figure for you. Visit them on the web at pastgenerationtoys.com. Oh, welcome back. And we're going to do some reviews, but instead of talking about reviews from this past week, uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite series from 2009. And the reason why we're not talking about titles that came out in this past week because of the holiday and because of the tremendous snow that Matthew and I received. Matthew didn't even get to the Indeed. store until today. Yeah, and then I left the comics that I bought on my desk. So. Oh, way to go, Matthew. Hopefully and, my agents won't steal them. <laughs> and... You would figure just shipping 100 miles would just be the next day turnaround kind of thing. But again, with the snow and the weather and everything, my comic books didn't get here until late Saturday. So I haven't really had a chance to read much this week. I can tell you about stuff from two weeks ago, but not this week. So, Matthew, why don't we talk about our favorite series of 2009? By far, my favorite has to be Atomic Robo from Red 5 Comics. We've had the guys on the show at least once, maybe a couple of times. Uh, you know, I like this this series so much because it's it's a limited series. It's something that is 
you know, not hammered in. I, I guess it's a quiet series, and it's something I'll talk about in just a moment when we get to our best and worst of 2009. It's really independent and really came out of nowhere. has a lot of humor, great art. Uh, it's got an engaging story. It's got engaging characters, even though they just kind of pass in and out of the out of each of the series. We actually got to see two series come out this year from Atomic Robo. We got to see the latter half of the Dogs of War series, and then we got the uh, the Time Trippin' Cthulhu uh, uh, Noise Out of Space or whatever that, that last series was. And I can't wait for the next series, which comes out in February of 2010. From the story writing, the art, to the uh, interesting characters, to the way that they handle all of the characters, they, you know, it's really weird. They they treat it like it's an important property, and it is an important property, yet they just have so much fun with it. And that's something I don't think you see in a lot of comics these days, is people just having fun with their characters and seeing how far they can push the character and getting a good audience reaction from that. So that's why I'm putting Atomic Robo as my favorite series for 2009. Cool. Uh, it's a very iconic look. It's an interesting series. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you mm-hmm. on that. For me, um, I, I am to a great, I, I wouldn't say that I'm by any means solely a big two guy, mm-hmm. but I'm reading a lot of different things in the book that really stuck out for me this year. And the book that where I really felt like there wasn't a moment where I was just kind of like, Oh God, <laughs> or even, you know, questionable mm-hmm. agents of Atlas from Marvel, which Recently has gone on a creative hiatus, which is not, according to Marvel editorial, a cancellation. Agents of Atlas by Jeff Parker. There's more than one artist involved, but essentially it takes a one-off issue of What If from the 70s mm-hmm. and turns it into a fully fleshed team of really unique and really unusual characters. Um, Marvel Boy, who has always been written as an alien, is now a truly alien alien. They have Venus, who is one of the most fascinating characters in that her power is musical and she sings on panel. And it's hard to do music in a comic book setting because of the lack of music. kind of, yeah, there's, well, there's no passage of time. There's no audio element to it. But importantly, a series of panels doesn't necessarily give you the conveyance of a specific time measure that you need for music. Mm-hmm. It has, of course, a gorilla with an automatic weapon. Gotta love and that. And a giant robot. Gotta love that. Yeah, a giant robot with death in his face. So, I mean, it's got really everything you need. It's got intrigue. And most importantly, in the, you know, the Dark Reign Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. the characters are positioning themselves as supposedly villains. Hmm. Evil characters in charge of this evil foundation called Atlas. But using their powers... And using, you know, the tentacle of this rough beast, this octopus of evil, to try and actually do some good in the world. So ah. it's fascinating. The characterization is brilliant. And even, you know, when the artists do change from here and there, it's still an excellent series. I believe that their pseudo-cancellation was followed immediately by X-Men versus Agents of Atlas. Mm-hmm. They're currently doing backups in Hercules, uh, crossovers there with the assault on New Olympus. Mm-hmm. I believe Agents of Atlas versus Avengers has been solicited. They're not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. The Agents of Atlas around. are all over the Marvel Universe. I have heard a lot of people I don't talk really positively old. about this series. Uh, you know, a lot of people just really, really like this one. Um, yep. You know, and, and, and maybe it is because it's, you know, the intrigue of it's not this oppressive Dark Reign story you know, seeps into every other title in the, in the Marvel universe these days. 
But I keep telling, I keep seeing people saying agents of Atlas, agents of Atlas, agents of Atlas. So good on, good on Marvel for that. Yeah. Well, and when your team consists of a Kung Fu guy an Mm -hmm. underwater girl and a half naked girl and a guy with a dome (laughs) on his head and a killer robot and a monkey with an automatic weapon, I mean, what is there to miss? What are you, there's, there's, that's everything. That's, that's it. This is the comic that has it all. And when it comes back, and it will come back, everyone who is listening, you will read it. And if you don't read it, I will find you. How many uh, issues did it go before it went on hiatus? Uh, the initial limited series was six issues. The incarnation, the ongoing series was nine, maybe? Okay, so maybe like 15. Maybe? Nine, 11, 12, somewhere in the neighborhood. Didn't get to 15. Okay. And then the X-Men versus Vages of Atlas came out almost immediately of that. What else did you have on your favorite comic book list for 2009? Oh, I got a ton of stuff. All right. Uh, I've got... Um, uh, Secret Six. Secret Six from Gail Simone and DC Comics? Yep. What's Secret so great Six about Bad Guys? Tell me what's so great about Bad Guys. I know we discussed this in our most recent uh, dueling, dueling review. The thing about the Secret Six is... In the 70s, DC did a comic featuring the Joker. Mm-hmm. And it did not make the Joker a hero. And the book didn't sell and nobody read it because the Joker wasn't a hero. These are not heroes. These are characters who are, some of them are killers, some of them are amoral, some of them are just plain evil. But it's fascinating to read about their lives and it's fascinating to read about their interactions and the things they do. The one episode where... The Secret Six is in Gotham City right after the death of the Batman. Mm-hmm. And Catman and Ragdoll and Deadshot are fighting crooks in the streets of Gotham. Not because they want to. Not because they think it's the right thing to do. But because for some reason, Deadshot is compelled to go out. Catman goes with him. And of course, you get the, the perversity of Ragdoll in a Robin costume <laughs> swanning around the streets of Gotham City. <laughs> And they finally come to the realization that they, they're doing this because they respected the Batman. They hated him. Right. He hated them. But they respected what he did, and they felt like they had to go out and do something, you know, to try and honor what he used to be, mm-hmm. which I thought was fascinating. Also, How I, about the you? I had Lock and Key from IDW Publishing now. I think it was about a year and a half ago. We reviewed Welcome to Lovecraft which was the first series mm-hmm. of that. And since then, they've picked up on this, I think it's a 36-issue maxi-series that IDW is doing. It's still Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez doing the uh, art. And it just it picks up from the previous stories. They're trying to find, a, well, we don't. the children don't know that they're trying to still find more keys, but they still keep discovering keys. And they find that one of the monsters from the past, the person that was in the well in the first series, is actually flesh and blood now. That's what we saw at the end of the... Uh, first series, and he is trying to gather all the keys to unlock some mystery, some something that he needs. He needs to find the key to the black door. We don't know what's behind the black door, but I have a feeling we're not going to like it uh, once we do find it. The 36 issues are actually being broken down into a couple of really volumes, and so we're in the uh, Crown of Sorrows, I think, is the uh, current story arc going on right now. And it's just... Mm-hmm. The art is fantastic. You really have to dive into the issue and examine every panel because Gabriel Rodriguez just hides clues everywhere. Like they're looking for this Omega key. And in this past issue, the children actually go down to the caves that are underneath the uh, 
the house down by the ocean. And as the children are just walking down the hallway, you see these doors and the, I guess the frame around the door is an Omega symbol. And you just, you catch these little things and it's like, (gasps) and then of course it's got the, it's got the horror aspect. Of course, Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, uh, you know, he's probably, Mm. there's a lot of Stephen King influence going on in the story. So if you like some of the horror aspects of Stephen King, if you like some of the, the thriller aspects of some of his stories, especially some of the Richard Bachman tales, that's what you see. That's what you see inside the lock and key series from IDW. Just simply fantastic. I cannot wait until, uh, you know, each month when the new issue comes out, because it is that good. You got something else on your list, Matthew? Man, I got so much on my list. Okay. There's a couple that I, you know, I just want to name check Blackest Night. Okay. Because it's it's a crossover done right. It's a crossover done in a way that it is, uh, don't get me wrong, it is Mm all-encompassing. But it's all-encompassing in a way that makes sense. And it ties into the greater DC universe, and mm-hmm. it really, coming from the, the outer space aspect, it really could have gone badly. I mean, the concept of guys with, you know, rainbow-colored rings flying around and, and seven different cores, this could have gone horribly awry. Yeah, it could But have. they've managed to keep it, yeah, they've managed to keep it relatively well corralled. And the, I believe it was issue five, the latest issue, with a truly surprising kind of a <gasps> moment which doesn't happen for me very often in comics certainly not recently mm-hmm. so that's definitely something this is the one where uh, Nec- planetary number i was gonna necron. say is this the necron rises and then kills all the heroes now let me ask you a question this is maybe a little bit of a news, no. news piece you had no. mentioned last week that your store got in final crisis number six the one that's supposed to come out tomorrow december 30th mm-hmm. and um yeah. You know, the deal was that stores were not to sell them early. They didn't want them to be leaked anywhere. And then sure enough, mm-hmm. the day after, everywhere on the Internet, people are doing reviews. We're seeing pages scanned. We're seeing entire issues scanned. In fact, one website, and I, I kind of really question this person's, I don't want to say integrity because it's his decision to do that. And, and that's fine. But, you know, I thought this person was so well respected that he wouldn't do this. But he illegally downloaded mm-hmm. a copy a Final Crisis 6, and then went in and reviewed it in depth with a lot of spoilers. And I, did, I wanted your mm. feedback on that. What do you think of this leaked leaked stuff? Does this mean that there's, you know, you can't trust anyone anymore? Well, I don't necessarily want to go that metaphysical, but I can tell you this. Jim, the manager, has not opened, has not unsealed the crate. Oh, good. And here's why. Jim and his boss signed a waiver with DC Comics, mm-hmm. and that waiver very clearly stated that Final Crisis number six will not be street dated before December 30th, right. that it will not be leaked, it will not be read, it will not be shown in any way to anyone mm-hmm. before December 30th. And one of the things that they have mentioned in terms of afterward is not just you know legal action, but a store that is proven to have been a part of this, right. will no longer be receiving DC product. Well, see, I would think that not that would be... The rest, not the rest of Blackest Night, not the rest of this crossover. They will no longer be receiving DC product. Yeah, you would think that this would be enough to deter people from doing this, and yet, here are these stores that obviously... Do you guys have a scanner at your store? No. 
I'm wondering if some of these comic book shops don't have a scanner in the back and they're just scanning it in and posting them and and doing this because it well, just seems like they don't get caught. I just couldn't believe that. Actually, just you like, know what? I hope they do get caught. I do too, actually, because that asinine. You know, there are a couple of things that there there are a few rules in the comic book industry, and the main rule is it's a niche market, so right. you don't shit where you eat. Right. There is no option. If you irritate Diamond Comics distributors, bye bye. Right. Now, whether whether Diamond should be allowed to have a monopoly is another discussion. But right. Diamond has a monopoly, and if they find out and stop, you know, distributing you stuff, mm-hmm. you're hosed. I mean, from a business perspective, it's a bad idea. Yep. From the perspective of are we honest individuals? Are we dealing in honest business? Then. It's a bad idea. From the, just from the perspective of DC put this together as a special thing because this is supposed to be a skip week. Right. And they wanted to make it. It's the only comic that ships this week, I believe. Well, there are a couple of like from Marvel. Two, There's like three comics actually shipping. Um, or two comics shipping. One of one them is, is a, a comic. One of them is the um, Fall of the Hulks variant edition. The other one is Blackest Night. And then Marvel has like free calendars and... Avengers cards. Go down to your comic book shop. You know, give your give your local comic shop some business. Um, but yeah, I, don't I mean, this is the only new comic coming out. Leaking information. But the problem that I have is that this is why, and this is how things like the RIAA come down on people's heads. Right. You know, these are why Big Brother locks these things down. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, this is something that's pre- relatively unheard of for me. I've never heard anything like it. They've never gone, oh, we're going to send this book early, and then you can't do this. You know, right. Even when Captain America shipped on Monday, the people who got it had the ability to distribute it on Monday. It's mm-hmm. rare mm-hmm. for this to happen. And it's, I don't know, it just seems like the kind well, of thing that basically craps in everybody's oatmeal. You haven't benefited anybody. Yeah. The people who want to be spoilered are going to go out and be spoilered a week later, regardless. Mm-hmm. The people who didn't want to be spoilered now have to avoid spoilers. Right. Well, you know, and I don't mind you, this. I don't mind this one website doing an early review because, you know, quite frankly, we're allowed to do early reviews on some titles that some of these companies send us, and that's perfectly fine. I yeah. don't mind that. But then the next day, or in another post that this person posted, saying, "Hey, Blackest uh, Night Number Six was uh, pirated and, re- and leaked early, and we downloaded it, and that's how we did our review." To me, that's just like, really, you're admitting to piracy. You know, now, granted, he may go out and buy a copy, but still, he's admitting to piracy, just like that guy from Variety who illegally downloaded that early version of Wolverine to review it and then got fired. Now, granted, this person runs his own website, so nothing can can come from that. He's not going to get fired. But, I mean, I don't know. I thought that was stepping over the line. I thought that was kind of like what you're I saying. I would agree. I think, well, and you know, we are major spoilers. We are about... Right. Making sure that those spoilers are available. Oh, but hey, speaking also, of a spoiler, really quick. We have quick, a responsibility. Speaking yeah. of a spoil, Kyle, Kyle Rayner's not dead. He came back. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know what? It was fun during those three weeks to play into it. And whenever right. anybody said, I love Kyle Rayner, you could go, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that's half the fun of comics. Comics are not a huge for a lot of reasons. And this is one of the reasons. Because when they send out something like this, there are 
groups of there are individuals there are people who read comics who think that somehow they are owed something Mm -hmm. that somehow having this available or having it exist means that we have to have access to it Mm -hmm. well no i i work for major spoilers i get paid like seven luthor dollars a year to write reviews for major spoilers and you know what tomorrow i will run to the store i will my book and i will probably put together a review it will be today for those of you who are actually listening Hello, or future people. someone else. Hello, future people. Hello, past people. I don't know. I don't care. I feel like though this is this is it's it's not like evil. It's not it's it's the equivalent of of extremely silly, petty, mindless behavior. Yeah. Why would you want to ruin something like that just to be able to be the first guy to say, "Well, I had it four days before anyone else." Right. And and six months from now, you know what? We're going to be on to our next thing, and we're going to be talking about Fall of the Hulks or the Return of Magic or Look at Me, My Name is Bloody Blue. You know, whoever gets shot next month is going to completely eclipse this. But the consequences could still be there. If yeah. that guy got it from a store, and that store no. wasn't implicit or complicit in his actions, right. that store could still right. feel... You know, the wrath of DC because yeah. this was an electronic version that he admitted to a downloading. So I, I just thought that was rather oh. odd. Now, you know, usually if we run a, a review early, we don't include spoilers. Mm-hmm. But if the issue's out right. and in your hands, like uh, when Steve Rogers was originally shot, we didn't run that spoiler filled right. review until noon after everyone had a chance to go to the store and pick it up. And after uh, CNN had broken the news that Steve Rogers was dead. You know, then it's then I feel like it's okay if the cat's out of the bag. If you've had plenty of time to go to the store and read something, then that's fine. But uh, I don't know. I was disappointed that someone just admitted that. Hey, I stole it so I could get this review up first. Anyway, that's that's kind of somebody just get like sent to jail for stealing that Wolverine movie. Yeah, they they well, he didn't get sent to jail. He was arrested. The first person in connection with that Wolverine uh, debacle over the summer uh, is going before. Let's talk about something happy. Yes, let's talk about more about some of our best comics from 2009. You were talking uh, Black Planetary Night, 27. The final issue of Planetary. No, I'm done with Black. Yep. It's been a long time years, coming. Three but years. Planetary ended something like that. Well, the first issue came out in 99. It's been 10 years all told. Wow. And the final issue came out and unbelievably, completely inexplicably, it was an upbeat happy ending it was a wonderful issue to read i actually had to go back and reread the first 26 issues <laughs> before it came so. out. well yeah it's been 10 years but i reread them and then when 27 came out i was just like this is nice to have a series tied up in a bow it, it was a perfect season finale series finale it didn't close in everything you can still see those characters you could still do a, a planetary mini three years down the line but the initial arc finished really beautifully, and I was really mm-hmm. happy with what they did with it. Cool. I had a Hunter's what Fortune. What you do? Hunter's Fortune. Only, no, only two issues have come out this year, but they are both fantastic. Right. It's a four-issue miniseries, so I expect Hunter's Fortune to be on my list again next year. But 
Matthew, you're, I don't know if you had these weird daydreams or fantasies as a kid that some rich uh, uncle that you never heard of had died and left you a vast fortune, and then you get a jet set all no, over I, the I place. I wanted superpowers. Oh, okay. Well, mine was always I, I won I was, a lottery or something. Still is, I guess. But being able to jet set and solve I was mysteries waiting for and the, problems. The, and, the ship to come down and hand me my power ring. <laughs> Hunter's Fortune is such a great, great series. It's well-written. I would expect this to be turned into a Disney movie very easily, and certainly with Boom's connection with Disney right now, that might be something that could happen down the road. But if you haven't picked it up, Hunter's Fortune, two issues out so far, some very interesting art. It's kind of a combination between our what I would call our Western traditional and uh, uh, and manga style. Um, just it's um. really. Yes, it looks very, very nice. So Hunter's Fortune is on my list. Also from Boom Studios, Irredeemable. Who would have thought you could take a hero, turn him into the most vile person in the world, and make the story interesting and make it an ongoing series to boot? So uh, Irredeemable. Uh, Mark Wade. Yes, Mark Wade. Uh, both from Boom, Hunter's Fortune and Irredeemable uh, are both also on my series favorites of 2009. Nice. What else do you have? Can I go? Yes, you may. Okay. Two series which I think are very much indicative of the Marvel side of things right now and are kind of like flip sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Invincible Iron Man and Incredible Hercules. Mm, okay. These are both characters who've been around since the the core of the Marvel Universe, 1964 and 67, I think, or 62 and 67. Regardless, they're characters who've gone very different directions. They stood on different sides of the superhuman civil war, Hercules fighting on Captain America's side, Iron Man representing the fascists. And in the Dark Reign era, they've both come to a point where we're seeing a completely different side of them. We're seeing Iron Man stripped of all of the really great gadgetry and the super brain and the money. And we're seeing Hercules taken more seriously than just the big strong guy who punches things. Mm -hmm. And both series have been fascinating reads because they're deconstructing the characters without destroying the characters. Right. There's a moment in the latest Invincible Iron Man where Tony Stark has put together a DVD for his friends about what to do when he dies. And if this happens, this is what you need to do. This is how you're going to save my life. Oh, cool. Whereas over in Incredible Hercules, there's these wonderful moments where Herc and his father are trapped in Hades. And finally, Hercules actually gains his father's acceptance. Mm-hmm. And Zeus actually realizes his son is working for his own greater glory. But then, in order to save the day, Zeus has to bathe in the river Letha and lose his memory and return to being incredibly derisive and hateful towards his son. It's a great moment because it doesn't destroy anything that came before, but it completely resets the playing field. Mm-hmm. And I think the Marvel Marvel really in the last few years has gotten good at taking these characters and repurposing them. Iron Fist becoming a kung fu story, right? Uh, Ghost Rider becoming a cowboy story, Thor becoming a story about a prince, mm-hmm. Hercules is a story about a man becoming more than the sum of his parts. Iron Man is a story about the sum of his parts being less than the actual man. And I think it's fascinating to read both series. Great work by Matt Fraction. I believe uh, Greg pa- Greg Pak and uh, is it Ed Brubaker? Possibly Greg Pak and Fred Van Lent actually handling Incredibly Hercules. Mm-hmm. So cool, definitely I, good stuff there. I have Invincible on my list as one of my favorite series of 2009. It just continues to be an, an, yeah. a great story uh, to see how Mark Grayson is able to handle with the changes. And this year we really see a shakeup of uh, Mark Grayson, the solo hero, or you know trying to go out on his own to. 
let's bring some of these big world shaking events that we see in other comics and pour them on top of the invincible genre, which really kind of started out as a goof anyway. Uh, so that's why I put it there. I also put down DC's new Krypton story arc. Uh, who would have thought that reading this, this return of the bottled city of Candor and getting its own planet on the opposite side of the sun from the earth, um, who would have thought that that would have gotten me back into Superman books? I'm buying all the Superman books that are out there right now, Action Comics, Supergirl, whatever, just to read all of this intrigue that's going on. And yes, it does kind of spin its wheels now that we're into the plus 20 issues in, uh, but it's still very fascinating, and I, and I did like that a lot. That's the only, well, I guess Matthew Invincible and uh, uh, New Krypton Storyline are both kind of from bigger publishers, although Image is not one of the big two. DC's new Krypton yeah, is the, yeah, that's the only big company that's on my list this year. The only other one that I had as a favorite story was the Hunter that we reviewed a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago on the, on the podcast. Everything is independent. And most of these are not superhero stories. Atomic Robo, eh, not really superhero-ish, although it kind of falls into that genre. Lock and Key, definitely not. Hunter's Fortune, definitely not. The Hunter, definitely not. Uh, Invincible and the new Krypton stuff are the only superhero stuff. This year I just found myself really diving into non-superhero-related titles and really loving them. And I think it lets me explore and lets a lot of other people explore the fact that comic books are just not capes and tights. And so that's what I like really about 2009. Anything else on your list quickly? Oh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, no Hero from Avatar is an excellent deconstruction of superhero metaphor okay uh one that i wish i wish we had more time to go over sea guy yeah. the slaves of mickey eye that's your favorite isn't uh, it? uh grant morrison grant morrison going all over the screen beautiful stuff um the bull dressing sequence alone is worth the price of admission okay um it's supposed to be followed up with sea guy triumphant in the next few months which i love and a weird series that really doesn't get a whole lot of love glamour puss oh yeah from uh, uh, what they Hardvark Vanaheim yeah. from Dave, Dave Sims. Sims. Yeah, it's not even a narrative. Glamour Puss is basically Dave Sim talking about things that Dave Sim loves, um, and it's it's funny because it's about comic strips that he loved, artists he admires, things that he used to do. But it's all couched in this weird sort of proto cosmopolitan magazine trappings, filled with these beautiful pictures of women. And things where he's obviously just noodling with the pen, and it's just, it's a wonderful read. If, if, it's more about history. Honestly, mm -hmm. it's more about Dave than it is about anything else. But it's a fascinating read, and I wish more people were aware of it. Cool. All right. Uh, after we're done with our reviews, those are our bests of, of 2009. It's time for. The, the major break. Spo oh, no <laughs> major spoilers poll of the week. Wait. And this time, instead oh, of actually... Because it's such a dead week, I just threw up a, a real quick know-nothing poll that just said, did Steven you get everything you wanted for up. Christmas? Uh, but I, since this is our best of show, Matthew, what has been your favorite poll of the week that we've done in 2009? Oh, there were so many. I, I loved uh, Spock versus Han Solo. Mm -hmm. Um R2-D2 versus Batman. <laughs> um, I, I loved Who's Your Favorite Doctor because it sent people off in so many different 
tangential directions. Right. I love the discussions that we get. Uh, All-Star Batman versus the other Batman. Right. We had some really great stuff, but I think my favorite is probably going to boil down to uh, Popeyes versus KFC. <laughs> <laughs> thank <laughs> you, Rodrigo. so random and so memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Next Rodrigo, week, for that. <laughs> Jack in the Box versus Carl's Jr. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't put don't put me in. Let's talk about Sophie's Choice. Yee. Uh, for me, it was yeah, the no. favorite doctor poll because, like you said, it did get so many people talking about the doctor. It got a lot of people interested in the doctor who I don't know if a lot of our readers and listeners are huge Doctor Who fans. In fact, um, what's his name? The albino. Um, super albino? Super albino. I, th- I believe that that is the poll that prompted him to start going back and watching all of the Doctor Who episodes from the very beginning and writing a review of each one up in the major spoilers forum. So that's, I, I really like that Doctor Who poll. No so. longer am I just albino. Now right. I have become super albino. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> we want you to head over to the Majorspoilers.com website. Of course, there's still plenty of time for you to go in and put in your comments of the best and worst of 2009. You can head over to the Major Spoilers forum. News, reviews, all that stuff, Majorspoilers.com. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back with your portion of the show. Hey, this is Adam from Virginia. Uh, love the show. Uh, love Critical Hit especially. Uh, I have a suggestion about uh, either a possible show subject or a good best and worst subject that you could cover. And uh, that would be uh, one thing I haven't so far heard you talk about. And that would be web comics as opposed to actual comic books. Have you guys ever checked them out? What's your favorite? Um, like to see how many slices of meatloaf that uh, you can give a lot of them. Um, my favorite would be, of course, the very popular uh, PVP by Scott Kurtz. Uh, but there's a few other more obscure ones out there and uh, didn't know if you had any familiarity with it. So uh, I'd like to hear about that. Thank you. Uh, we have talked about web comics on the. We have talked about web comics on the show before. Uh, we've talked about Order of the Stick. We've had Scott Johnson from My Extra right. Life on. Uh, we've even, if you go back into the way, way back archives, you'll find um, what I did the top fifty-seven web comics of. I think it was two thousand seven, yep. two thousand eight, something like that. Matthew, do you have? Don't any you favorite? still read like fifty-seven thousand? Oh, yeah, comics. I've easily got fifty-seven thousand <clears throat> web comics that I read. Currently, my favorite and still has been for the longest time is Wapsie Square. Uh, and if you followed that series for a long time, it's now starting to get into spooky territory uh, for the story. But it's still one that I I have to read every single day. Uh, Least I could do is another favorite of mine. Of course, Capes and Babes, which we talked about earlier in the show. What about you, Matthew? Do you have a favorite web web comic? I do. It's Breakfast of the Gods. Oh yes. Okay. I've it's read a that story before. of what happens when Tony the Tiger and Captain Crunch gather up all their friends to fight off the evil Count Chocula and Lucky the Leprechaun. <laughs> and the sad part is, it's not comedic. It is flat out drama. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's high adventure. It's a fascinating read. I I, I think they're getting ready. To wrap it up, we're getting close to the end of book three. Things have happened, and and stuff has happened, and people have happened, and people are no longer happening. But yeah, definitely my number one. Um, I also like Sinfest. Yes, love that series. Which which is not as 
as porny as it sounds. It actually, and actually, they, they uh, could go that way very easily because a lot of the yeah. stuff touches on the risque, but then it just it keeps it PG enough to where you're like, ah, titillation. I love Monique. Yes. Um, also interesting is, uh, God, what's the name of the thing? Something Positive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is another good one for me. I don't, you know, I don't read a million web comics. What I usually do is I'll go a month or two. And then, and then I'll go and read a month's worth all at once. Yeah, I, I find that a lot easier too. That's what I'm doing with Wapsy Square because the storyline, it's like, I can't I can't wait till the next day to find okay. out what's going on. So I'm going to wait about a month and then read them all together. Uh, but yeah, check out our okay. archives. Do a search on our site for web comics and I'm sure you're going to find a lot more in there. And thank you so much for calling and leaving a comment on the Major Spoilers Hotline. Remember, if you have any thoughts or comments or you want to contribute to the Major Spoilers podcast, all you have to do is contact us at our Major Spoilers hotline. Matthew, roll that beautiful bean footage. 787 the Major Spoilers hotline. So you've heard Matthew and I talk earlier in the show about our best and worst of 2009. We've got some other things that we've got... Uh, on our list, but we'll get to those in a moment. But uh, this show is about no, your comments. No, there now. Now, now, now. Hey, how about uh, how about we have Rodrigo check in and, and tell us what's going on in his life? Hey, Major Spoilerites, I'm Rodrigo, and here's what I thought was particularly good about this year. I think most of the big uh, important events were definitely in TV and movies. I mean, Batman Beyond, pretty great. I thought it was going to be terrible, but you know. They just really pulled it together. It makes sense. It kind of fits in the continuity of the uh, Batman animated series. It's good to see that stuff. Um, this new show, Futurama, hilarious. Um, as far as movies, you know, The 13th Warrior, great movie, really cool. You don't see Arabs and Vikings together all that much. The Matrix, whoa, totally blew my mind, man. Great stuff out there. Star Wars Episode One. I'm kind of on the fence about, but, you know, I think the other. I think the uh, next two are probably going to be a lot better. Um, let's see, bad stuff. Eh, I was kind of disappointed with Inspector Gadget, and the Sixth Sense was kind of overhyped for me. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like uh, spoil it for you guys, but uh, you know, the, the, you can see the ending coming if you're if you're really looking for it. Um, as far as what I'm looking forward for next year, I'm kind of curious about this whole Ultimate line that Marvel is talking about. Um, you know, Ultimate Spider-Man specifically, because I think they could do really good stuff with it. Um, so that's what I thought about this year. I thought it was really great, and uh, let's hope for a great, great coming new year. I'll talk to you guys later. I'm going to have to have a talk with this Rodrigo person. It's not the well, best of do. 1999, Rodrigo. It's the best of 2009. He's really just living out, Hello, future people! He really is. To his- Greatest extreme. <laughs> you you got to give the boy credit. And by the way, in 1999, I think he was 12. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so you got that going for you, which is nice. Uh, Sam Dunham, one of our writers for the Major Spoilers website, says that his favorite movies for 2009, Star Trek. He thought it was an excellent reboot, if you can call it a reboot of the franchise. He thought Chris Pine played a good Kirk without going too Shatner-esque. Zachary Quinto really embodied Nimoy while giving a little added depth and personality. But for me, the real standout was Carl Urban as Dr. McCoy. Unlike most diehards, I didn't mind the parallel universe workaround as a way to keep everything in continuity just as long as the future movies don't reference it. He also liked Watchmen. Not much more can be said about this movie except the fans of the book 
should look into picking up the Ultimate Edition, the one that integrates the tales of the Black Freighter into the film properly. This edition is the closest thing to the graphic novel as you're going to get, uh, not counting the motion comic. And a late edition, Sherlock Holmes. You'll read my full review and thoughts on that later in the week. Yeah, right. But trust me, you'll want to go see this one in the theaters. Um, he said that 2009 for television was really good for Heroes. Season four has been top notch. Hopefully it will continue to be good when the show comes back from the midseason hiatus. He also says the Big Bang Theory has been consistently one of my favorite shows for almost all of 2009. Definitely worth checking out. Matthew, he's with you on comic books. He put Blackest Night and Agents of Atlas down as two of his favorite comics for 2009. As I paid him to. I mean, <laughs> yes. Uh, who else do we have? Gomer wrote in. What did he have? Gomer says, I'll throw the G.I. Joe reboot, 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 robo, reboot, <clears throat> three, two, one. So Gomer says, I'll throw the G.I. Joe reboot up for biggest surprise. I knew it was going to be G.I. Joe. I didn't think I would love it this much. Gomer also wants to throw out indie love for Ignition City, which I believe is from Avatar Comics. Mm -hmm. No Hero crossed. Uh, Echo as well, Terry Moore's project that came after Strangers in Paradise. Mm -hmm. All four of those are very strong series. Crossed, I got to say, I hated issue one of Crossed, and I keep going back and I keep buying it and secretly reading it where no one can see. Yeah, cool. Did so, you I mean, you know, definitely some good calls. All right. Uh, Sam had mentioned some movies. Did you have any favorite movies? You know, with a kid, a two-year-old, I'm sure you went yeah. through this. Just really don't get a chance to yeah. go to the movies that often. I just finally saw Inglorious Bastards like two nights ago on DVD. Yeah. I um, have, um, for my birthday, I got two movies. I got Doctor Who, The Beginning, which ooh. is like the first 12 episodes, yeah. and Star Trek. Haven't seen them yet. I My movie, my best movie for 2009 was Up. Oh, yeah. For two reasons. One... That 12-minute sequence at the beginning where they cry like a baby. just go through, I know, That's, they go through 70 years of the man's life yeah. and just bam, 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 and they hit you, you laugh, and then you're, oh my God, and then they, you laugh, and then you're crushed, and then you laugh, and it's hopeful, and then, oh man. You're crying like a Granted, baby. Granted, it's the only movie, it's the only movie I saw in the theater in 2009, so yeah. not much competition there. I got to see Watchmen but in the theater. Definitely. I liked it. I think you're going to like Star Trek, Matthew. I think you will. It's a nice, it is kind of a reboot of the, of the series for people that are not Star Trek fans. And I think you'll enjoy that. I did also go to the theater. But I am a Star Trek fan. I still think you're going to like it, though. If you Do you like Next Generation? Do you okay. like Deep Space Nine? I love Deep Space Nine. Next Gen seasons one through six are awesome. I think you're gonna like. I think you're gonna like this because it, you know, it does have some parallel universe things going on, uh, but it's it's good. I also had a chance mm. to go to the theater and see Peter Jackson's uh, Neil Bloomkamp, uh, District Nine. Bloomkamp. I liked it because yeah, it was. Yeah, I liked it because it was so disturbing. Um, you know, people were in the theater laughing at the stuff and all this stuff, and I'm just like. Man, these people are terrible. The, the people in the movies are awful, and and the society in which these aliens are forced to live in is terrible. And I was more sad for the characters in the movie than you know cheering out loud and laughing at all the the antics that were going on in the film. But it's it's one of those that really disturbs you and will probably have you thinking a day or two after uh, you you watch it. So if you get a chance, Matthew, see District Nine. Sure. I intended to see that one. I don't remember what happened. 
All right. Let's I think check I had out. a life that day. Okay. Let's check this out. Hi, Major Spoiler Rights. This is Navar. I just wanted to chime in on the best and the worst of 2009. Uh, it goes without saying for anyone that visits the site, I'm a frequent visitor. Uh, it's one small step in my plan for global domination. But I've seen the site grow more active each day. Uh, we've picked up some new members who, along with the faithful regulars, have added a lot to the forum. I think the addition of the regular Critical Hit podcast and the delineation for role-playing games in the forum has uh, really helped bring in some new members. Uh, there seems to be a good crossover between comic readers and players of RPGs. And being both, I'm pleased to be with the expansion. It's hard to find anything to complain about, and I'm not a complainer, so let me simply say thank you to Stephen, Matthew, Rodrigo, uh, the contributors, and every member who makes Major Spoilers such a success. Steve Rogers is alive, Kitty isn't dead, and Major Spoilers is the best. Happy holidays, everyone. Matthew, did you have a favorite TV show of uh, 2009? I had a couple, actually. I think my my very favorite this year, it, it really coming into its own, although it was it was really awesome last year, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yes. I love that there was a moment where they had to write out a character. Yeah, they did it quite quite well. And what they did was they had Barney tell a terrible joke at the beginning (laughs) of the episode and throw in a line, we didn't see Lily for five weeks. Yep. (laughs) It was beautiful. You know, none of that Jillian Anderson hiding behind desk things. Although they... The Grey's Anatomy thing where they put her in bed for two weeks. No, it's just like, Boom, she's out. Okay, we move on. Yeah, but they did do that with the other girl, the Canadian girl. She was carrying around the big bags and all of that. Yeah, but they couldn't do it with both of them. Right, right, right. But I did like how they, I brought, when they brought um, Willow back into the show, she was like, she came back and they're like, oh, we haven't seen you for so long. She's like, yeah, don't tell any more of those jokes. And they, they reworked her back in very well. uh, By the way, if if you want to know the joke that (laughs) Barney told, I do know it. It's extremely inappropriate and horrible, but I'll be happy to tell it if enough people want to hear it. Yeah, okay. I, uh, the I joke agree. starts with, what's the difference between peanut butter and jam? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, all. That's all we're going to say. I agree with uh, with Sam. I really liked, or maybe it was Gomer, I forget who. I really liked um, Big Bang Theory. Breaking yeah. Bad is a show on AMC that I... I still have mixed That's feelings with about Malcolm's dad. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's got the cancer, and so he decides to make the money by uh, mixing crack cocaine. Oh, putting a meth lab. Yeah, meth meth lab, Something not like crack. Oh, oh, sorry, meth lab. Um, I really, really enjoy Star Wars: The Clone Wars, especially now that my cable provider has put the Cartoon Network in HD because that is looks fantastic in HD. Nice. And then one that I've only gotten into in the last week, so it still qualifies for a 2009. This sounds so so strange, but Glee. Have you watched this show, Matthew, on Fox? My friend Carl loves it, which means that I'm automatically a little leery. <laughs> you know what's nice about this is they've only run 13, 14 episodes, I think, so far. And it's a musical. It's, it's fame done right for the 90s. Now, you know, they did that movie remake, which totally tanked. But if you were going to do I am fame, live forever, by the way. if you're going to do fame as a TV series today, Glee is what it would be. And they just played it out so well that this first season, these first 13, 14 episodes, imperfectly, and it's self-contained story, and it ends just like you think it would, would end. But it's fun. It's good to hear the music. I love music. I love musicals. Uh, Glee was one of my uh, top shows. And I only discovered it in the last week. Uh, I caught uh, someone else was telling me how great it was, and I sat down and downloaded them off of iTunes and watched them all in one go. So 
That is television for me. Uh, JT. I had a couple of shows that I wanted to talk on. Oh, okay, sure. Because just run over me. No, 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 no. Two things, and both of them are, are tangentially related. Um, okay. A show that really came back into its own this year, The Venture Brothers Season 4. Mm-hmm. Especially Blood of the Father, Heart of Steel, the opening episode. It's it's fascinating because that episode is told in two different directions. There's a Brock Samson B plot, and then there's an A plot with, with the Ventures at the compound. The Brock story is being told in reverse order. Oh, cool. No, the Brock story is being told chronologically. The other story is being told in reverse. So you see the end of the story at the beginning and vice versa, which is really fascinating. And also one thing that I really needed to touch on, the brilliance that was Family Guy's Sliders episode. Didn't see specifically, it. Specifically, Brian and Stewie as animated by Disney. <laughs> And a, just a wonderful moment where everybody starts singing about how wonderful a day it is for Pi. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Anything <laughs> other favorite TV shows? Oh, you wanted to talk about uh, space astronauts or some some outer the... space astronauts? Sci-fi greatest channel. show ever. <laughs> I, I discovered this the other night in the emergency room, and oh my word, it's awesome. I, I'm not even sure how to describe it. It's basically it's like C-Lab. Sort of, it's got a C-Lab aspect to it. It's definitely got a Star Trek moment. There's some some Star Trek uh, mockery going on, which I think is wonderful. It's, but all it's in really all, bad it, animation done intentionally. Yeah. And it, it's fascinating, all of the science fiction cliches. And it's just got this weird cast of characters that's too cool to avoid. Our good friend watch Otter, it. You watch it now. Our good friend Otter Disaster called in. Hey guys, Otter Disaster here. Just thought I'd throw in my two cents on the 2009 year in review. Um, in terms of movies, I thought Star Trek was pretty good. Um, I really liked Monsters vs. Aliens. That was a really fun movie. Um, I saw Astro Boy. It was kind of meh. Watchmen was really good. It was beautiful. But I think it kind of didn't work on some levels. On other levels, it was really great. It's kind of one of those things that I think fans of Watchmen will probably be analyzing for years to come, just like they do the comics today. Um, District 9 was probably the best movie I saw this year. Um, Just really great. Highly recommended. Um, In terms of television... I loved uh, Lost, Chuck, Dollhouse, and Warehouse 13, and What Little Doctor Who we had. Um, probably the greatest disappointment of 2009 from television, and that was the Battlestar Galactica finale. What a waste. Um, I can't believe that the, the disaster that was that finale managed to undo everything I loved about the rebooted series, but it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, it's, it was so bad that I can't even go back and watch the really good early season episodes knowing how it all ends up. And I'd say the best this year, pop culture-wise for me, was uh, getting the invitation to do the Major Spoilers Adventure strip. Um, I've had a really good time making it. And I hope everyone enjoyed reading it, and I look forward to making even more in the new year. 
So happy 2009, guys. Bye. Always yeah, good to hear from the disaster. Me, would you please? Why is that? Jeez. Because he's all like, oh, and then you'd be tortured. Ha, 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 ha. And then Robert, you're going to And you're tortured some more. Ha, 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 Next week is the uh, finale of that big Fifth Dimension story arc. Or maybe this week. I forget when he's going to send the new one to me. But yes, he, you know, one of, the, one of the things about the major spoilers adventures is he does use a uh, website application, whatever, called, uh, what is it, Bitstrips, where they kind of give yep. you all the, the stuff and you plug it in. And that's fine. But, you know, Bitstrips goes out and says, you know, you're not allowed to redistribute these anywhere else besides Bitstrips. But uh, he uh, contacted the uh, the owners and said, hey, here's what I'm doing for major spoilers. And they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead and do it. So they even allowed him to, uh, they, I guess they gave him some special access or something so he could size the comic up larger than what you could get out of a traditional Bitstrips comic. So good on you, Otter. And thanks so much for being a part of the major spoilers experience. Okay, we got J. J. Michael T. says the best of 2009 for him, discovering major spoilers, Irredeemable, and the Critical Hits podcast. A lot of people love Critical Hit, Matthew. I know. I think it's that uh, Rodrigo person. It must be Rodrigo because I got to tell you, in 2010, man, it's going to get dark. You know, Marvel's going I around heard that saying. Rodrigo. <laughs> they, uh, Marvel's going around saying, uh, 2010 is the year of Spider-Man or whatever their new uh, teaser campaign is. 2010 oh, wow. is the year that everything goes bad for the critical hit. Torque and the Torkel Tones. J. Michael T. Saying. says the worst TV show is Heroes. Uh, the worst thing for 2009 was Battlestar Galactica going off the air and also reality TV taking over. Well, reality TV has been taking over for probably 10 years. Yeah. I'm just saying. You got something on your end? What do you mean? Uh, somebody else's uh, comments? Cheese? Yeah, somebody else's comments. I have many. Okay. Why many, you... many comments. Why don't you pick one? Uh, Re... All right. <laughs> Rico says the best moments for him are actually quotes. Uh, there, there's a moment in somewhere in, in the early episodes where Rodrigo is trying repeatedly to tell us these steps, these steps. God, I'll kill you. I swear I'm just going to go on a slapping spree. <laughs> um, Stevens quote, alas, D&D, Brian, I knew you well. Yes. And of course, uh, you remember faithful spoiler rights. If Brian screws up again, you can take his place at the table. Send your emails to naserspoilerspodcast.com. Right. As a close second, Rico also notes all comics with Deadpool. Deadpool had a heck of a year. I'm not a big Deadpool supporter, and there's a lot of good Deadpool out there this year. Yeah, there was. Uh, his worst anything and everything having to do with the Hulk. Agree or disagree on that? One of the worst things of the year for me was the mystery, the endless mystery of the Red, Red Hulk, Hulk and the do Red Do we Shield. still know who that is? I, I don't even care. No. And I don't care. It's been 18, 19 months, and... It's just endless, endless, endless. You cannot drag something out like this and expect your characters to come along. And I don't know if it's a vote of no confidence or not, but about halfway through the run of this new Hulk series, they put Greg Pak back on and relaunched Incredible Hulk featuring Bruce Banner. Right. Who's I not the Hulk or problem. what's the deal? Is, is he able to turn into uh, the Hulk? He doesn't have Hulk powers. Then who's the Hulk? No. 
Uh, he's not. There is no Hulk in the, in the Incredible Hulk, but Hulk's son, Scar. Ah, okay. And Banner are basically kicking around the universe, kind of like the old, uh, the old TV Come show. Let where, me tell uh, you about Banner. my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, that the does other sound... thing Bill Bixby did. <laughs> Dr. Sound... David Banner. Eddie's father. Astronaut. A man barely... Wait. <laughs> Crap, that ain't it. Now we just spoiled a great gimmick that uh, is going to show up on oh, the uh, uh, David YouTube Banner, tomorrow. Who was busy with three hulks of his own. <laughs> one was green and one was gray and one was stupid. But they were all alone. Till the one day when they met Doc Leonard Sampson... Who did some kind of Freudian hoodoo junk? Now all the Hulks are stuck all in together. And that's the way they all became the Incredible Hunk. The Incredible Hunk. Because <laughs> it had to rhyme. Oh, anyway, boy. what were you saying? Hi, my name is James Adams. Um, great things about the last year were the movie Up. Um, the Blackest Night series so far. That was just, so far it's building up nicely. Uh the Critical Hit podcast, I am just completely amazed by that. And, of course, the Major Spoilers podcast. You guys are really awesome, and I sincerely thank you for the entertainment that you provided for me while I'm busy driving around delivering mail. Um, bad things about this year? Well, not necessarily bad, but meh. The movie Avatar, shiny package, but not a lot of substance. Um uh, that's really about it. Uh, I, again, guys, thanks so very much for the podcast that you put out. And remember, when making do in the trees, <laughs> try to avoid hitting anything on the ground. <laughs> Bye. That was, of course, a critical hit <laughs> reference. <laughs> that Rodrigo <laughs> took him about six months to figure out what we were talking about when we said making do. <laughs> You know, a lot of uh, we had our 101st uh, positive comment up on iTunes, up on the iTunes store for Critical Hit, and people just have nothing but positive things to say about it, except for some of those some of those jealous haters. I think there's only one or two of those, but you know what? Yeah. You're a mail carrier. I think this person is what he was indicating as he uh, as he left the message. Why don't you just burn copies yeah. of major spoilers and start delivering them to your people on your route? Just throw them in the mailbox. We could I'm use them. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Is it? I, yeah. He doesn't have to tell people sure where it comes from. Just throw them in there and uh, spread the word yeah, and get I'm more people sure. to listen to major spoilers and critical hit. We want more well, people I'm, I'm listening. I'm pretty sure that that's illegal. Yeah. Astro Dinosaur, formerly Life's a Glitch, says the best movie for 2009 was District 9. Marvelous in every single way, he says. Honorable mentions, Star Trek, Sherlock Holmes, and Moon. And that's not the new kind. Worst, Transformers 2, and I only watched it because I had to take my younger brother to the movies on his birthday. Sure you did. Yeah. Uh, for TV, he says the best is Dexter Season 4. The way the season ended would, would uh, gut your mind whole. Honorable mentions, Community, just plain old <laughs> funny. And Breaking Bad, because you don't hear lines like, Yay, Mr. White. Yay, Science. Nearly enough. Worst, Dollhouse. Meh. Comics, Batman and Robin. Eh, he says it's hard to say, really. Honorable mentions, Everything Invincible, Incognito, and Incorruptible, also individual parts of Dark Rain. Worst, I don't think I get Blackest Night. So there they you go. They do say your mileage may vary. There you go. 
Why don't you tell us there what Kevin had to say? Kevin's favorite movies, uh, best Star Trek, of course, honorable mentions for Watchmen, District 9, Where the Wild Things Are, a movie we haven't referenced yet. Yeah, we haven't seen that. Zombieland. I want to Zombieland, which has a turn by a famous star who is super secret, not mentioning any names. <clears throat> Bill Murray. Um, you schmuck. <laughs> and uh, worst at the movies for Kevin, knowing uh, TV, his best was Battlestar Galactica. Uh, honorable mentions go to King, Supernatural, Fringe, Sons of Anarchy, Rescue Me, Southland, Prison Break, Hung, The Spectacular, Spider-Man, and The Colbert Report. Uh, for his negatives, Heroes, Grey's Anatomy, The Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl, House, Private Practice, The Big Bang Theory, and Flash Forward. That's a that's a mighty full uh, DVR you got yes, there, Yes, it is. Well, what do you see as comic book uh, list? Best, I know. Best in comics, The Unwritten. Uh, apparently, he goes for honorable mention... <gasps> Doctor Sleepless, Sweet Tooth, The Nobody, Ex Machina, Unknown Soldier, Fantastic Four, Batman and Robin Sword, Spider-Woman, Secret Warriors, Amazing X-Men, Ezreal, Exiles, Immortal Iron Fist, The Walking Dead, House of Mystery, Detective Comics, Kick-Ass, My Samplar, Madam Xanadu, Bad Dog, Thor, Incredible Hulk, Mighty Adventures, Avengers, Initiative, Fables, Jack of the Fables, Invincible, Astounding Wolfman, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Century 1910, Deadpool, Submariner, The Depths. Wow. And now his worst. Green Lantern, Flash Rebirth, Blackest Night, all under his worst. Uncanny X-Men, Invincible Iron Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Red Robin Hulk, Ultimate, Irredeemable, New Mutants, Green Lantern Corps, Batman, Streets of Gotham, all Final Crisis-related material. Haunted, or Haunt, rather, from Image, Doctor Voodoo, Adventure of the Supernatural, Black Panther, and Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Wow. That's so basically, a list. That is, that... <laughs> That's that's like longer than my pull list. Yeah, it is. Uh, Matthew Matthew Guy, I like that name. Good name. Much more succinct. <laughs> he says, best anything by Jeff Johns, Detective Comics, Action Comics, the Hickman and Eaglesham run on Fantastic Four, the end of Final Crisis, Batman and Robin 1 through 3, great, 4 through 6, not so great art-wise, Ethan Van Skyver on Flash Rebirth, as he is and rounding out Matthew's worst, not my Matthew, but Matthew Guy. You know that Matthew Guy? Yeah, Matthew that guy. Matthew Guy. All, all things Jeff Loeb at Marvel. Interesting. Including Interesting. the Hulk. Let's hear from one of our other major spoilers contributors. Hey, this is Stacy Boyer, also known as Stacy B on the Major Spoilers forums. Steven, you had posted wanting us to let you know what we thought the best and the worst of 2009 was. I'm going to say we just leave the worst of 2009 in the New Mexico landfill with the ET Atari 2600 video cartridges and focus on the best. I can name off some series. I can name off some miniseries and writers and artists and all the stuff that, you know, people expect. But honestly, I think that some of the best stuff of 2009 has been a little bit different than that. In my opinion, the best of 2009 in a way has actually been major spoilers. The website, you refer to it as the major spoilers experience. If I'm, if I'm correct, and it entails the website, the forums, the Twitter, the Facebook, the MySpace, the major spoilers podcast, the critical hit podcast, all the different ways that, you and your gang have made to let readers come in and access the information. 
uh, I, you know, really, really am, you know, honored when I realize that y'all let me write reviews and send them in to y'all. It just kind of blows me away sometimes that, yeah, I'm kind of a part of that. Uh, the forums, they're some of the best forums out there. They're not active. They don't have thousands and thousands of posts a day, but they have people on it that actually, you know, want to talk about the comics and not just, you know, hype their agendas. Being able to correspond with you and Matthew and Rodrigo and scroll Brian and Victoria and the, the robot overlord has been a great experience. I've enjoyed the time that I've been here and hope I'll be here for a while longer. And, you know, I may even get another comic couch in under deadline one of these days. Um, other than that, to me, best of 2009, major spoilers. Enough said. Oh, thank you so much for that, Stacy. And it is nice that you I, know I, I loved when Stacy used to uh, play chef on South Park. <laughs> His voice is much deeper than I expected. I think it's part of the processing. He was actually recording this on his uh, iPod Touch or iPhone or something, and I think he was in a computer room at the time when he did it. But yeah, it's a lot deeper than what I we thought. It's always, going good on, to, didn't we? it's always good to hear All from everybody day. who's part of Major Spoilers. And yes, Stacy, you are part of the Major Spoilers crew. You do a fantastic job of writing reviews and the comics casting couch and a lot of other things up on the Major Spoiler site. You know, I joke around about the Major Spoilers experience, but really when you look at the complete package that we offer out to everyone, <laughs> it really is a it really is a good thing. I mean, if you just want to interact with other people and talk about comics, there's the forums. If you like the role-playing, there's Critical Hit. If you like to listen to the shenanigans of Matthew Rodrigo and Steven each week, you've got the Major Spoilers podcast. Of course, I think some excellent reviews and hero histories and features and polls of the week and everything up on the Majorspoilers.com website. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I'm glad that people have found the site, and that's one of the reasons why I created it was so that people had a nice, friendly, fun place to go to that uh, that was, you know, not as typical as what you might find at some other sites. And I'm glad Matthew is on board and Rodrigo and Scroll Brian and D&D Brian and Rob and who have I missed? Rob Brian and Victoria and, 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 Victoria Sam Brian and all and those people. I, I think Sam it's wonderful. Brian and, I never thought the site was... And I love it in the Brian forums where, where Navarre Brian and... and, and <laughs> I just I just never um, thought the uh, site was going to grow this big. I just never thought the site was going to grow this big and to have this much stuff attached to it. And uh, 2010, starting to play the music. I think our speech is over. Okay, in 2010, you're going to see da, da, at least one new feature uh, come up. Da, 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 da. And now the Oscar for best technical direction of an animated show by a guy named Eddie. Yeah, I think the some of the best stuff of 2009 was probably Asterios Polyp for David Monticelli and The Life and Times of Savior 28 by J.M. DeMattius. That blew me away, totally reinventing the superhero genre. Plus, I really liked Out of Mirage, despite them selling off the turtles, was uh, The Brain Thief by Jim Lawson because it was so stark and empty. Then what they're doing with Batwoman, and also Tristan Jones' Tales of TMNT work has been really extraordinary. So I hope that uh, helps you guys out. Bye. Yeah, I haven't mentioned Detective Comics. You really, really like the the Batwoman story, don't you, Matthew? Oh, I do. The Batwoman is wonderfully drawn, and I'm really liking the writing. It's one of the, you know, one of the books that I look forward to each month. 
They put me on a bat title and made me enjoy it. Well, good. At least somebody has finally. Not right. The Super Albino said yeah. the X-Men are still going to be in San Francisco. It's just that their base of operations have changed. Speaking of Marvel, some great new series came out this last year. Rick Remender's Punisher is the coolest character uh, has ever been in the Marvel Universe. Hickman is doing marvelous things in Secret Warriors. And Agents of Atlas shows how awesome the 1950s were. Plus, Steve Rogers returned. Iron Man slowly lost his mind. Thor was exiled. The Daredevil took control of the hand. Oh, yeah. And Norman Osborn controls the government. As for DC, the dead came back to life and Batman and Robin were reborn. The biggest disappointment award goes to War Machine. I don't know who told Greg Pak. Is it Pak or Pak? It was an awesome idea to turn Rhodey into a killing machine, but I stopped reading that pile of garbage after issue two. Yeah, there's Agents of Atlas again, Matthew. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the truth, and that's That's why it's these people's best and worst, because oftentimes if we just dictated our favorite, not so favorite of 2009, number one, we'd have a very short show. Uh, But number two, it's good to get everybody's uh, opinions and and input. Uh, We already did Navarre, a Navarre. Yep. Let's see who do Navarre. we got. Campaigner. I always say Navarre. I, I, I think Navarre. Sorry, campaigner says uh, favorite movies. Inglorious Bastards was my favorite. He spells it with a U because I think he's English. <laughs> Don't hold that against him. Favorite movie of the year. Much much better than Tarantino's last film, Death Proof. Uh, I liked Death Proof. Never mind. District Nine was very good. Star Trek also a lot of fun. Campaigner says the worst movie of the year was probably Capitalism: A Love Story. I fell asleep in the cinema. His populism is getting on my nerves. For TV, the third season of The It Crowd was excellent. The ending of Battlestar Galactica worked for Campaigner. He's still eagerly awaiting the lost, the lost next episodes. Big Bang Theory regularly makes him laugh. How I Met Your Mother is starting to get a bit tiresome, but still good. Dexter Season 4 was good, though not as good as the first two seasons. Campaigner will watch it. He's a bit ashamed to say he didn't read any comics this year. You go to your room and you read, campaigner. But the best comics he actually read this year, Peter David's X Factor, good choice. Modox 11, excellent choice. Supervillain team-up, Modox 11, wonderful book, top to bottom. (laughs) Right. I think it came out in 2008, though. Modox 11? Maybe. But he's just catching up, so we'll let him, we'll say the collected edition. We'll let him slide. This time. But, But, you know. He does need to be reading more comic books. I'm going to need you to go. To Gatekeeper Hobbies, hunt and engage Topeka, and buy some damn comic books is what you need to do. <laughs> Even if you do spell favorite with a U, I'm sure you can grab a plane. They have them. They have them all over the time. Hey, gang. This is John calling in with my list of the best of 2009. Uh, comic books, I've been really happy with Red Robin and definitely Batwoman with both the art and the story. Definitely happy with some D&D stuff I've been doing. Got the uh, PHP 2. Got to listen to the critical hit for some new ideas and Rodrigo throwing crazy stuff at you guys. Still catching up on the podcast. Looking forward to that. Movie-wise, it's been a great year. Uh, top two for me, I think, have been District 9 and then Glorious Bastards. Maybe you guys got those in your stockings or whatever you celebrated during Christmas Quantica. And uh, TV-wise, I've been really enjoying Fringe. And the, the best news I think I've heard in a while is from HBO, which is they're doing great stuff with their series. They've been casting George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire, and if you're into fantasy literature, definitely something to check out. And that also leads me into books. Brandon Sanderson has finished uh, the most recent book in Rob Jordan's uh, Eye of the World, and 
that's been great for the Gathering of Storm is the title of that, and good to see that series continuing. Definitely something you guys should check out if you're into the, the genre. I know you guys are playing D&D, so good way to get your kicks in when you can't play. Um, and uh, definitely for all things pop culture, really been enjoying the Major Spoilers podcast. So thanks, guys. Hope you have a great holiday and happy new year. Maybe I'll talk to you guys in 2010. Take care. All right. Thank you. Ugly Hooker says, biggest disappointment, hands down, goes to Frank Miller and Jim Lee with a lack of putting out Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. This run is cheesy. Not the best written and way over the top, but it's the goddamn Batman, so I read it. Alas, I've taken this off of the Saver account list and will never look to it again. Not only is the lack of releasing issues uh, on anywhere near a regular basis, but the lack of content left my Batman libido wanting more. The art is pretty and high-gloss wonder paper they printed on is great, but the price point and the aforementioned hang-ups for my libido are a deal-breaker. Goodbye, Frank Miller's goddamn Batman. Uh, somebody else had pointed out that uh, one of the things that they didn't like about 2009 was uh, the mm-hmm. comic book price increase to 3.99, which is a big killer for yep. a lot of people. Uh, for his best of list, the ugly hooker says, "Blackest Night." Now I'm not normally really big into the big O O OMFG. This event will change everything as we know it in the universe. Squee events in Marvel or DC, but this one had me peeing my pants excited. I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, and to finally see the War of Light is making me giddier than I, than me dry humping high school cheerleaders. God, I think Jeff Johns. I think Jeff Johns is a, a BMF and has done a great job. Shut your mouth. Why did not Why did not the ugly hooker call in? This would have been fantastic to hear him say that. Uh, let's see. Jeff Johns is a BMF and has done a great job with setting up this complex story, but incorporating some much lantern canon. The writing is top notch. The art is very slick and overall entertainment value for me. It's worth reading the tie ins and spending the money. It's more than solid and I can't wait to see what's next. Continuing with my libido theme in darkest. Oh, let me make sure that this is appropriate. All right. In Darkest Day and Blackest Night, beware now of my libido's might for I love the Green Lantern's fight. That's from Ugly Hooker. <laughs> Reminds me of the words of Black Vulcan, who said, pure electricity in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ocho says, I love the Hulk. Green skin. J-Jaws, you know, the incredible Hulk. I waited a year plus. Draw this red Hulk shine. How do I get two Hulk comics being published, neither starring the incredible Hulk? I'm holding back on the exclamation marks. You have no idea. Secret Warrior surprised the heck out of me. I started buying on a wait-and-see basis and ended up loving it. For the first time, I feel Nick Fury may actually make a significant impact in the universe. Um, Ocho goes on to mention Lock and Key, which you name-checked earlier. Man, the best series. read out there, New Mini. Also, a small shout-out to my man, Nova. Nova passed his original series count of 25 this year, is now his longest running ongoing. This, I believe, is Nova Volume 4. Mm-hmm. That at least makes uh, the old Buckethead fan happy, and I can't agree more. Nova's new series, Abnet and Lanning, are really knocking it out of the park every month. Did that? Isn't that series canceled now, or, or is it still ongoing? No. Oh, okay. Nova's ongoing. Okay, Where are I you just, from? No, no, I just, you know, they're canceling. So, but well, it, first of all, Marvel has like a bazillion it. titles each month. It's too hard to keep track of them. But it. Speaking Don't of Marvel. Don't you put together that thing every week that says, new comic releases. <laughs> yeah, I skip over the Marvel Here's section. Here's 500 comics. 
Yeah, I know. Marvel 2009. This is the uh, person's screen name. Says 2009 has been brilliant and expensive year for me as it was a year I refound my love of comics. As I said in earlier posts, I went to America and so had no money left over for comics. So I gave them up. But that all changed in 2009. I blame a couple of things, one of which is this website and Marvel's website for restarting my comic collecting days. That and all the meds I've had to take this year, thanks to my transplant. Nothing picks me up more than that postman with a fresh delivery of comics. Sometimes I had 20 to 30 come in one day. Holy cow. 20 to 30 comics in one day. What's the most you've ever had come in in one day, Matthew, for your personal reading? I'm usually in an average week, I'm 10 to, 10 to 15. That's what I'm in. That's what I am, 10 to 15 a week. Man, I, I 30 comics come in one day. I think uh, my wife's going to I don't have that me. kind of money. Let's see. He goes on to say, I enjoyed reading The Secret Warriors, but I also like reading comics with Nick Fury in them. I enjoyed reading the Dark Avengers X-Men crossover as it showed why Cyclops is the leader of the X-Men and how low Norman is willing to go. I also think Dark Reign in general is a good story arc, and I'm looking forward to see how 2010 will play out. It's not the first time a villain has reached for the top. Look at Del Ruska. I'm sorry, Del Rusk, a.k.a. the Red Skull. The difference being everybody knows who Norman used to be, and he doesn't try to hide it where the Red Skull tried to hide his true identity and was rubbish at covering his tracks. Good thing he improved this when killing or kidnapping, in a very elaborate way, Captain America. <gasps> Captain America's not dead? Apparently not. He's back in a six-issue miniseries, Correct. which used to be a five-issue miniseries. Hey, Major Spoilers, guys. This is uh, Andy C. from the forums, a uh, relatively good guy. Just calling in for the end-of-the-year show. Hopefully I'm not too late with my call here. But, um, yeah, just wanted to say some of the best things of 2009 that I found was the Critical Hits podcast, and through that, Major Spoilers. And uh, you guys got me through, uh, got me back into uh, into comics, um, got into the Blackest Night thing. Uh, my first introduction to DC Comics, which was uh, completely ridiculous because I'm seeing all these guys. I have no idea who they are, but uh, really fun to find out all these uh, about all these characters and backstories and all that stuff. So really enjoying that. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, one of the best things of 2009 also was uh, Christmas afternoon. My nephew coming to me and saying, hey, my parents got me this Dungeons and Dragons thing. What is this? Can you help me? And that's when the clouds parted and choirs of angels sang. And uh, so, yeah, ran him through a quick encounter. Other than that, uh, actually through uh, the uh, backups in the uh, Blackest Night, got, got into Power Girl a bit, really digging that. If you can get past the artwork and her um, ridiculous attributes, as it were, um, it's actually a really great story. Um, other than that, the art is great. Um, yeah, all kinds of stuff uh, I could probably go on about, but I want to keep the call short. Thanks for the great podcast, and uh, have a good uh, New Year. All right, Hunter Dan says, bad things, the decline of the ultimate universe. Wait, 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 wait. What? He's English, so he says it like oh, this. Oh, that's right. Bad things, the decline of the ultimate universe, Batman stories until they killed him, Wolverine origins the movie, Terminator Salvation, the cancellation of Sarah Connor Chronicles. Good things for Dan and Hunter, an Englishman in New Zealand. Batman and Robin, loving dick is Batman. Batman not being such a dick. Wait, he just said that he was a dick. I'm confused. Uh, good things, the panel out in art by J.H. Williams in Detective Comics. Good things, kick ass. Good things, major spoilers reaching 100 issues. I'm on with that one. I really do believe that was pretty awesome. Steve Rogers being dead. He's right. He's still dead, isn't he? Uh, DC after the infinite crisis. I felt like DC jumped the shark, but after hearing all the buzz, I got caught up on trades of Green Lantern, the Core War, plus the ongoing Blackest Night. I've added a few titles to my tiny but perfectly formed pull list. 
And don't forget, she, God bless you, Mary it, Poppins. Actually, I talked with oh, Dan. Shut I'll, up. I talked with Dan a little bit earlier today. He's uh, enjoying the balmy weather in uh, New Zealand. You tell him to kiss my never. Hey, um, just one of those guys. This is Andy C again. Just left a message. Um, in my rambling and babbling and quick talking, in my last message, I forgot to mention Sweet Tooth. If you're not reading it, you should be. It rocks. Art's great. Little quirky. Story's pretty cool. It'll grab you. So, yeah, have a good new year. All right, Duck Dial Devil says, The absolute worst of 2009 for me is Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Do I even need to go into why? Best Star Trek pre-boot didn't make me want to bitch. Uh, Double Dumbass on You, John from DoubleDumbassOnYou.com says, You'd be hard-pressed to find someone who is as big a Transformers fan as myself, considering I saw Transformers 07 seven times in theaters. I barely made it through Transformers 2 twice in theaters. While they are some stunning visuals... I don't know if he's talking about the robots or Megan Fox. The plot is tenuous and held together with dental floss at some parts. You cut 35 to 40 minutes out of Transformers 2 and you have a solid movie. Or you can do what I do, watch it on one and a half times speed on my PS3. But yes, the Transformers 86, the movie that Matthew loves, the greatest movie of all time. Although it is a close tie with Big Trouble in Little China. Can't wait until that comes out on Blu-ray. You and me both. That's uh, our good friend John, Double Dumbass on you. Double Dumbass is absolutely right. Transformers 86, the greatest movie of all time. And I can tell you exactly why. The moment that sells this movie for me to this very day, it's the moment where Ultra Magnus is trying to open the Matrix of Leadership and he can't, and he just starts chanting, Open, damn it! When I was 11, I saw robots cursing. Was that Orson Welles? Orson Welles was the voice of Unicron. Ah, okay. And Unicron talks like this. You will witness its dismemberment. No, wait, that's Darth Still have not seen that movie. Oh, you need to go get it right now. (laughs) Morpheus 11, Matthew. Morpheus 11, please. Morpheus 11. Morpheus 11 says, I don't know if he has an accent, so I'm going to be Scottish. I would say that I have a couple of favorites in comics this year in no particular order. Hexed by Boom Studios, I love for him to do another miniseries. Dark Avengers, Uncanny X-Men, Utopia for Marvel. Very well written by Mark Fraction. Mark Fraction? Matt Fraction. And it's a very good read. Lock and Key by IDW. It's probably the best known superhero comic I've ever read, ever. Joe Hill does an amazing job with the story, and Gabriel Rodriguez's art is incredible. Honorable mention goes to Blackest Night. It's been good. I'm scared that the ending will be a letdown. Transformers, the new series by IDW, has been good so far, but only two issues in. Hard to put in the favorites of 2009. Uh, Yes, I would agree with Hex by Boom Studios. I don't know how I forgot that off my list. In fact, you know, Matthew, I am going to put down as my favorite publisher for 2009 is Mm -hmm. Boom Studios. They have continually rocked. I mean, they you know, they do a lot of these mini series, you know, these four, five, six issue things. Most of them don't go go up to six issues. But they consistently mm-hmm. put out a good product. They tell good stories, and it's diverse. You know, you've got your superhero stuff. You've got your kid stuff in the mm-hmm. form of the uh, Boom Kids with the Donald Duck and the Uncle Scrooge and the Mickey Mouse stuff. And then you've got your stuff like Hexed and Hunter's Fortune and and all these others that just are are fantastic. So Boom is going down as my favorite publisher for 2009. See, I think my favorite publisher is going to surprise people. Who's that? Dynamite Entertainment. Really? You like the Zorro and the and Red two, Sonya? And... The Zorro, the Red Sonya, the, the uh, Army of Darkness, the oh, yeah, Freddy yeah. versus Jason. 
Yeah. The Boys is a favorite every month. Garth yeah. Ennis' Battlefields is wonderful. Yes, it is. I'm really looking forward to the upcoming Green Hornet series. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes was wonderful. It was. Absolutely amazing. And they're doing something that a lot of companies can't. They've diversified their titles to where you've got a lot of different genres. They've got the Lone Ranger and Zorro. Mm -hmm. They've got the boys. They've got, you know, Project Superpowers. Those are both pretty much superhero books. Red Sonja has, you know, the whole uh, hacky slashy thing. In a chain Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. Sherlock Holmes, to my knowledge, hasn't been in comics in years. Right. You know, I, I find it really interesting what they can do and what they're capable of putting together. And, you know, making things, I don't believe it came out this year, but they revived the adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters. Mm-hmm. Army of Darkness is coming out every single month. You know, they've done a lot of books that are just really unusual and yet really awesome all at the same time. And, of course, they had super zombies. Of course they did. <laughs> Slime Knight says Even a best... stop clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Slime Knight says best infamous Dragon Age, Arkham Asylum, and Torchlight, The Hangover, District 9, and Green Lantern, Blackest Night, and the tie-ins, The Cosmic Marvel, Secret Warriors, New Avengers, Captain America, and Old Man Logan. Worst, Stopped Watching Heroes, G.I. Joe could have been better, Whedon off Astonishing X-Men, Best thing I started reading this year, Atomic Robo, thanks to major spoilers, Uncanny X-Men, Hellboy, and BPRD, and Why the Last Man. And we're running short on time, so we're not going to go through everybody's explanations. But Dr. Bolte said that his best ongoing series that he followed in 2009, Atomic Robo. Honorable mention, The Incredible Hercules. Uh, Best free comic book day freebie, Why Atomic Robo Hates Dr. Dinosaur. If you have not read that... (laughs) I suggest you get over to the major spoiler site. I'm pretty sure we have all of it posted. I don't want to say for sure, but we certainly have a good look at to why Atomic Robo hates Dr. Dinosaur. Great story. Uh, best single trade graphic novel I read in 2009 in Powered Volume 5. Most pleasant surprise from the mainstream, Dark Rain. Best comic-related DVD release, The Spectacular Spider-Man Season 1. And then he also gives an honorable mention to Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. The bad, he says, comics that drove me away in 2009, Transformers. Uh, let's see. It looks like that was it. It was Transformers. Yep. I I try not to be negative, but there were a few things this year that really did turn me off. Some things that you know, I like to really quickly go over that I consider to be some of the worst stuff of the year. Okay. The primary thing that I felt was the worst of the year, technically this came out in the last week of 2008, Frank Miller's The Spirit. Oh, yeah, the movie. You take mm-hmm. a, yeah, you take a character with a specific artistic style, and you give it to a guy who is the complete opposite in, in, in craft, in attitude, and then you throw it out, and the people who like Frank Miller aren't probably going to be thrilled with a spirit story. The people who like, like the spirit probably aren't going to be entirely thrilled with a Frank Miller story. So it was just kind of a blah. It was, you know, it was it was terrible. Um, something that got a lot of love that I did not care for, and I could not figure out what, where, where the wonder was. And we got to the last issue, and the last issue wasn't the last issue. And then we got to the supersized, really, really last issue, and it was just basically a forty-page fight scene with jokes straight out of delivery. Old Man Logan. Hmm. from Marvel Comics, Mark Miller, did nothing for me. 
I don't, I don't know why. Maybe I'm not the target audience. Um, likewise for Mar- Marvel, I had problems with Ultimatum. Yeah. If you're going to go in to destroy something, yeah, that's fine. But destroying something simply to try and create something new and edgy and different, when the whole point of what you created and had to destroy was to do something new and different and vaguely edgy, while also completely recognizable as a property, intellectual property, it, it irritated me. I, I, I as also, far as that whole ultimatum thing goes, I really wish that Marvel would have just let Brian Michael Bendis do it because, you know, he's been carrying that entire universe. But, oh, no, when it comes to yep. the big event, oh, sorry, Brian, you're not qualified to write this big tear down the universe story. But then as soon as the universe is torn down, OK, Brian, here you go. Now you can continue to write on the series. I thought that was really kind of poor yeah, choice to do that. So um, you had some other things agree. that you had on your worst list. I uh, One thing that may have worked for Star Wars or Star Trek, rather. Someone is actually planning to do a reimagining of the reimagining of Battlestar Galactica. We're at the point where a show from the 80s that was redone in 2004 is now considered fodder for a reboot. And the reboot fever has gone far enough. Stop rebooting. Stop trying to dredge up something from my childhood and make me love a new version of Thundercats with Brad Pitt as Lionel. If you want to do something, do something new. I know, right? <laughs> Do something new, though. Stop trying to sell me bits of my own history a piece at a time and then saying, well, this is how we wanted it to go. This is how it should have gone. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I haven't seen Star Trek yet, but part of me, my internal, my, my inner fanboy rails at a reset, a reboot of the universe in order to try and make the series more attractive, more accessible. I understand that things sometimes do need to have that, and sometimes my inner fanboy is kind of an ass. But I don't get it. And the last thing that really set me off this year that I just don't get, mm-hmm. don't get it, motion comics. Yeah, I've I know, kind of been I'm up in the air about it. I, I, I've always had this thing when it comes to movies Movies of things that I love specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with a, a book called The Westing Game. No. Years I, I do have a refrigerator ago, that's like made a, by Westinghouse, though. Similar. 1974, <laughs> maybe? Fourth okay. grade. I read a book called The Westing Game. You okay. should go look it up. It's actually an interesting... It's kind of a murder mystery for kids. All right. And I read this book over and over. I still have a copy of it. When Molly gets old enough to understand the scary parts, I'm going to read it to her. Okay. And there was a movie version of it a few years ago that made me so sad because it got everybody wrong. All the characters in my head came out differently in this particular movie adaptation. And when I read a motion comic, I hear someone reading Spider-Woman's dialogue like uh, the Spider-Woman. And it's not the Spider-Woman voice should be in my head. I feel like they're taking a portion of the creative, you know, a, a portion of my input to the book away from me. And the animation is never quite smooth. Yeah. And As- Astonishing X-Men is one of my favorite series of all time. And the Astonishing X-Men motion comics just turn me off. They, they, I don't want to look at them. I don't know all. what it is about them. It's something, I mean, I, I've seen how they do the process, so I'm familiar with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. 
and it works, but it doesn't work, and they're putting a lot of work into it. And if it attracts people, I mean, if it's certainly getting people to watch these things on the uh, iTunes or wherever that they're getting them from, their Apple TV or wherever, if it encourages them to go to the store and pick up a comic book, then I say, you know, big thumbs up for them. But I'm kind of with you on the animation's a little creepy. The, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care about the voice thing because you're never going to get a perfect voice person to do the voice the way you wanted it. Um, what if I were doing it? I think the animation is just a little creepy and I'm, I guess I'm, I know I'm not the target audience either, but I'm just, I'm curious as to who they're really trying to attract with this and where else they're advertising them, uh, the series, because there's, it's almost everybody has a motion comic these days. Heck, there's a a Spartacus uh, motion comic coming out from, um, Devil's Due, uh, that's out January 22nd or something like that. Very interesting, very attractive, but again, why not just do a fully yeah. animated version of the of the series? Yeah, right. And I understand it. Yeah, you don't want to end on a negative note. You no, know what I don't. loved two thousand nine. What's that? Two two things that really encapsulate two thousand nine for me. Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim Volume Five. Oh yeah, I believe came out. Which that I was the loved. first time that you'd ever read Scott Pilgrim was when we did it for the show. When we did the first three volumes. And I, I immediately put a pre-order the next volume because it was just that entertaining. And this year marked the release of the second collected volume of Fletcher Hanks' comic, oh, yeah. Insanity. That you stuff. shall die by your own evil creation. <laughs> I'm sorry. You need to read this stuff. It if just you looks like too bizarre. Art, it just looks so freaking no, bizarre. Gotta, yeah. It looks like something is, that should be on bizarre. MST3K. It, it's bizarre in that same way that I love outer space astronauts and the same way that I love Ed Wood's work. It's so specific to the creator that it's not about whether or not it's a good story. And, you know, there's no Batman in this. There's no Wolverine. Right. But you cannot read this without just going, oh, my God, this is awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's like rocket propelled awesome. It's like Phineas and Ferb kind of awesome. All That's right. what it is. Uh, hey guys, this is Ed. I was calling in uh, for your end of the year rapid show. Um, you know, I have to say overall, I've been really enjoying what DC's been doing with Blackest Night. Um, I'm enjoying uh, Dick as the new Batman. And I want to throw a plug out there for IDW's uh, G.I. Joe series. Um, I've been a, I was a G.I. Joe fan from first issue back in 82. I have read the first whole run through Marvel. Um, I read some of the Devil Do and other stuff, but I'm really enjoying this reimagination of the um, product. Um, I think it's good. They've got good writers. The art's good. Uh, it's a little edgier still. Um, has enough for us old-time fans that we, you know, enjoy it. And some changes. Um, I'm also excited that they're going to bring back Larry Hama to take up the story of the old uh, continuity. So, you know, if people aren't in G.I. Joe, um, I'm recommended. So thanks again for the podcast, and uh, can't wait to see what comes out this year. Thanks. Bye. All right. Eisensteinic Rocket says, some of my favorites this year included The Incredible Hercules, Blackest Night, Batman and Robin, at least the first three-issue arc. Um, then there were some disappointments. The second three issue arc of Batman and Robin cancellation or hiatus of the agents of Atlas, the sporadic schedule of kick ass, 
and um, that's about it that he had, three and three. You know, I still, the big highlight for 2009 for me, Matthew, was really diving into independent comics, and with all of the other writers that we were having on the site, you and Stacy and Sam and uh, Marlo and Rodrigo and everybody else, Victoria, I, I don't know if I've missed anybody else, um, you know, uh, you guys were focusing a lot planning, on the Eddie? mainstream stuff. Who? Eddie. Who did I? Eddie something. Okay. Eddie, Eddie Haskell. Space Camp Continue. I do like Eddie Haskell. That's what it was. But you guys were reviewing more of the mainstream stuff, so that allowed me to go and explore what Boom was doing and uh, Dynamite and IDW and really get into their stuff. And so I've really, really appreciated a lot of independent comics. So that's the big thumbs up, the, the big thing for me in uh, 2009. There are a lot more comments up on the Major Spoilers website. Certainly, there's a huge thread going on over at the Major Spoilers Forum. Just look under the General Discussion uh, Forum under, I think it's Year in Review or something like that, 2009 Year in Review, and you'll find out a lot more comments. I wish we could include everybody, but I don't want to make this a 10-hour show as much as Matthew would love that. Uh, I want to try to keep it under two hours. I would like hours. a 10-hour show. <laughs> I am not Rigo, and I would like a 10-hour show. It would be beautiful. That wraps it up for this week. Thank you so much for being a part of Major Spoilers and the Major Spoilers experience in 2009. 2010 is just around the corner. Hello, future people. Hello, past people. <laughs> well, that'd be a little hard to do, I guess, unless you're right. That was the future people from... calling back. Oh, oh, okay. They have that technology in the future. I cannot wait. And we cannot wait and to come back next week. And everybody talks like this in the future. <laughs> we cannot wait to come back next week to talk with you some more because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you next time. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Think about a better way If I was hulking green or gray I could just bust through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little meat would deal With all the tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I back and board my comics With such huge hands Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. Start raving rich like a man of iron Might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the hard cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Me in the Middle East With a gang sign throwing soldier What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a 
major spoiler. Wow, 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 wow. What a major spoiler. Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009.